Tonight, you folks at home and we here in the Coliseum will watch history in the making. The first game ever for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Excited to be here. With that being said, you know I'm, I'm beyond excited to, to continue as the coach of the head coach of the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. 4.7 seconds. Gibson's got to get it in. Does Wiggins drives across midcourt. Andrew lets it fly at the buzzer for the win. Welcome back to the Howl here on Dash Radio's Nothing But That Channel. And we want to remind everybody that we have joined the Off The Ball Network. So we really appreciate wherever you are accessing us from, whether it's Nothing But Net, whether it's in podcast form on any of the podcast websites you may listen. You can also check out all the other great shows on Off The Ball Network. Go to offtheballnetwork.com and you can check out all that coverage, whether it's articles, other podcasts, radio shows. We have everything on offtheballnetwork.com, including coverage of all different sports. A reminder that we are sponsored by BetUS. BetUS is the newest sponsor of the Off the Ball Network. They have the fastest payouts in the industry and offer a 125% sign-up bonus when you use promo code OFFTHEBALL in all caps at sign-up. Head over to BetUS.com to sign up today. Again, that's BetUS.com, promo code OFFTHEBALL in all caps. Unlike all the other bars out there that taste either like old Play-Doh or a piece of cardboard, when you eat a Built Bar, you will think you are cheating on your diet with a delicious chocolate dessert. If your kids find out how good these are, you're going to have to buy more because they will be begging for them. They have great flavors such as cookies and cream, double chocolate, strawberry, peanut butter brownie, and much more. Use the code OFFTHEBALL in all caps at checkout to get a 10% discount at Built.com. Again, that's OFFTHEBALL, all caps, at checkout to get a 10% discount at Built.com. All right, let's talk Timberwolves. As uh, we have lots to touch on after what was a, I guess we could say interesting game. I would have already put out an episode if I could have. Unfortunately, I had my second booster on Thursday, and let's just say I was uh, down for the count all of yesterday. You know, it's funny. I got my booster. I said to myself, well, you know what's going to be nice? I'm going to get my booster, and then I'm going to feel really good despite being sick because the Wolves are going to win the game. And then not only do they not win, they blow the game in pretty much historic fashion. You know, two 25-point leads blown. They blew, blew it in the first half. They blew another one in the second half. Absolutely ridiculous. Obviously, we're going to touch on 
all the different reasons and what led up to that. But we'll see. I I think there's a, a lot to I think there's a lot to be positive if you look ahead to this game, this fourth game. But we're gonna obviously uh, start off with game number three and, and touch on that. So some of the things that to me really stood out in this game. You start off with, of course, the unfortunateness of Carl Anthony Towns getting into foul trouble again. As we all know, throughout the season, that has been our Achilles heel, our kryptonite. It's tough to win games when your best player just isn't on the court. On top of that, when he was on the court in this game, in many instances, he just wasn't effective. And that's a big part of why the Grizzlies have been able to be effective. You know, interestingly enough, it's not like one-on-one. The Grizzlies just have a guy they can throw on Towns, and they're going to be able to shut him down. It just doesn't work that way, right? It's not It's not something that's really possible. But what they've been able to do is, again, get Cat into foul trouble. When they do that, he's not even in the game. And there's no better way to take a guy out of the game than to literally take him out of the game. Towns likes to Towns talks about about adversity when it comes to being getting fouls or you know being called for fouls. And I got to say I got to call BS on this one because in the playoffs, yes, there's been maybe a few questionable calls, but for the most part, he's just fouling. And a lot of them are just really really stupid foolish fouls. And we've seen that time and time again. A lot of the fouls that Carl Towns gets are frustration fouls. You can't afford to get frustration fouls he you know when he gets up he gets frustrated he may place too hard on the defensive end he pushes off on the offensive end or sometimes he does that wrap around where he puts his arm around the defender there's so many different things that towns does when he is emotional and when he's upset so to me here's the solution i think that i've came that i've come up with of course there's no there's no surefire solution other than you know just standing around doing nothing right and you can't do that like that's not happening we understand that. So when you watch this, when you watch this game coming up, here's what I want to see the Timberwolves and obviously Towns specifically do. What I think Towns needs to do is we need to see him. I want his fouls to be offensive fouls. And when I say that, I'm not talking about the foolish ones where he you know, reaches his hand around, where he runs the guy over. I want them to be smart. Does that make sense? So I want him to be getting fouls because he's aggressive, not because he's angry. So I want him to drive drive the hoop and have a guy, uh, you know, step in front of him and, and take a charge. I want, I want him to earn his fouls. I want him to be aggressive. And I think if he's aggressive, that can make such a huge difference offensively because I heard someone else talk about this, but when you watch – game number three and how things panned out in that game one of the big issues was the way that Carl Anthony Towns once he got in foul trouble he stopped being aggressive you didn't see much from him at all and think about this when you watch the big name centers when you watch Joel Embiid when you watch Nikolai Jokic another team can't just say we're going to take you out of the game and then just take him out of the game right now the only caveat I'm going to say this if you watched game number one of this series it's one of the first games I've ever seen where I felt Carl Anthony Towns actually was officiated the same way that those players get officiated. He was actually officiated like a superstar because there were some close calls that they didn't call. And if for anyone that's ever watched Carl Towns play, they call everything on Carl Towns. If he looks at a guy wrong, they call a foul. 
So to me, when I watch him, we know he's going to pick up little ticky-tack fouls. It just happens. And so what he needs to do is just get back to the basics. On defense, I want him boxing out. What I don't want him is being overly aggressive when it comes to getting rebounds, right? Shot goes up, box the guy out that's nearest to you. I don't need you running in and crashing the glass, getting those over-the-back fouls. In fact, there's been a a few games where he's been lucky not to get called for over-the-back fouls, where he easily could have gotten called for them, and he didn't. So to me, that's one of those areas where just take that part of your game out. Go back to the basics, and you're only going to get fouls on the offensive end. Now, the one thing I do want him to continue to do is I want him to continue to be aggressive just in terms of blocks, right? Now, I don't want him to be overly aggressive. I don't need him to be you know, swatting everything left and right. But if he can just smartly play defense like he did, if you watch the beginning of game number three, he had a ton of blocks. The defense for the Wolves was so incredibly good. That's what you want to see. That's what you want to see from Carl Anthony Towns. And I think if you take those parts of his game out, and you stick to more of the basics, and you be, I guess, be smart where you choose to be aggressive, I think that can make a big difference. The other thing, too, that needs to happen is, for me, I need to see, if if Carl Towns, here's the thing, they're going to double, triple team Towns, I get that. We all understand that's part of the game plan, and that's fine. That's fine if they want to do that. The thing is, if they're going to double double team him they're gonna triple team him make them pay for it we did that at times and I thought Towns was better in game number three but then when he got into foul trouble it just seemed like everything changed and then you had Anthony Edwards you know he he knocks knees and and his game changed so many things happened that went into the Grizzlies favor and I'm not I'm not gonna sit here and say that the Wolves got screwed or anything I'm not I'm not gonna say that at all the Wolves played bad they deserve to lose that game 100% you blow two 20-plus point leads, I'm sorry, but you deserve to lose the game. You deserve everything that comes to you. And I don't want to hear this, refs did this, uh, something happened, you know, bad luck. I don't want to hear any of that stuff. The Wolves, the Wolves screwed up. You can't take your foot off the gas. So for me, they have to find a way to continue to be successful. If you're going, and Jim Peterson, by the way, anyone that watches Valley Sports North understands that every single game, Jim Peterson talks about, look, they're double-teaming. They're triple-teaming Carl Towns. Somebody's open, right? And again, that's true. Someone's open. But here's the problem. If everyone just stands around, it doesn't matter how many people are open. Because if Towns can't get them the ball, what are you going to do? And that's why guys got to be coming to the basketball. Movement. All these things are so incredibly important. All these things are so incredibly important. And what happens? If you make them beat you, if you say, all right, here's the deal. You're going to try to take Carl Towns out of the game. Great. You double and triple team him. And what we're going to do now is we're going to have it so that we take advantage of that. We're going to have these guys that are open, making jump shots, driving to the hoop. We're going to take advantage of the fact that we are playing this type of defense. And once you take advantage of that, you're going to force the Grizzlies to make the change. Right, So now the Grizzlies either have to change how they're guarding Towns, which is going to leave Towns open, which is going to leave Towns on -on one-on-one matchups, which is going to open things up even more. Or if they stick with it and they say, look, we're going to keep it up and we're going to put the onus on the other other players on the team. They're the ones that are going to have to beat us. Great. Let's do it then. Let's see Anthony Edwards. Let's see D'Angelo Russell. Let's see these other players 
take advantage of that, and that's how you're going to win the basketball game. To me, that's how you do it. It's not rocket science. That's what you have to do. You have to take advantage of them constantly double-teaming Carl Towns. That's what it's going to have to be. And if Carl Towns you know, only scores 5 to 10 points in this game, great. I'm fine with that if you win. I don't care how many points. If Carl Towns goes scoreless, but you win that game, more power to you. In fact, if you're going to do this correctly, there's no reason why you can't win this game. And then Carl Towns ends up with, you know, 5 to 10 assists. Why not? Why not? Maybe his rebounds goes down because he's a little less aggressive off the glass. But as long as he's rebounding his position, as long as he's boxing out his guy, and it, that can make a difference because you saw that throughout this game. A number of instances where second chance points come back to bite us. And that's been a serious problem. And that's been a problem all season when we played the Grizzlies is second chance points. And that's a lot of teams, by the way. The Grizzlies are one of the best rebounding teams in the league for a reason. So keep that in mind. It's not just a fluke, right? You're not sitting here going, "Well, I can't believe that they out-rebounded us in this game. I can't believe that this happened. No, that's it happens for a reason. It happened because, you know what? They're good at what they do. Now, let's talk about some of the other things that I want to see. You know, Car- or Chris Finch. Chris Finch talked about how he screwed up. And let me get the – I'm going to grab the exact quote here. I saw it on Doogie's feed. It was from today at the shoot-around. Now, if anyone watched the press conference – after the last game, uh, one thing that they actually touched on a little bit, and Chris Finch said the reason why he didn't call a timeout during that 21-0 run is because he had already used so many timeouts early on that he took the chance, rolled the dice, that the Wolves were going to be able to make it to the end of the quarter, and that was going to be the break. And this is what Darren Wilson says. He's like, credit, credit Chris Finch. Here's shoot around for admitting his mistake and not taking a timeout during the 21-0 run game three. He told the team yesterday that he blew it. And uh, Doogie's take is he gets it. The Wolves are in good hands for many years. I completely agree. In fact, I'm going to add to that. I'm going to add to that the fact that when you watch this whole season, I've commented on this on the show before, Chris Finch is fantastic at calling timeouts. He gets it. That's huge. I think he's a great – I mean, you look at the Wolves might be up by 20 points, and all of a sudden the other team goes on a you know a, just a – kind of a three or a five point run and you can just tell things are getting a little sloppy he'll call a timeout very uncharacteristic of him to not call a timeout he's done that multiple times in this series now holding on to your timeouts does nothing for you holding on to your challenges is something he's been good at normally but in the playoffs again i feel like he's bit the bullet a few times now i think this is something we i do want to touch on now that i think about it is can we talk about the absolute nonsense that Taking a standard jump shot, just or taking a jump shot, taking a layup is now a foul. Think about that. Watch a layup line sometime. Watch how a layup line works. And you're telling me when a guy shoots a layup, his leg doesn't go up in the air? So you're telling me now, and this is not the first time the Wolves have been called on this. Now, I've never seen anyone else get called for it, but the Wolves have been called for it more than once. Just a regular shot, but because their knee makes contact with the opposing player, a foul is called. What are we even doing here? And I want the NBA. I've actually, I mean, I'm not the only one. Tons of Wolves fans, I'm sure tons of NBA fans have tagged the official refs account, the official NBA account on multiple social media apps. And at a certain point, I think the league has to address this. If they're literally saying you cannot use a natural motion to take a jump shot, it's a foul. That changes the game. 
The NBA game is com- it's a completely different game if you're telling players that when they go in for layups, when they go in for close jump shots, they have to be straight-legged. They can't jump off one leg. They have to be completely straight-legged. They can't their legs can't touch the other player in front of them. And we're not talking about, you know, a Draymond Greg Draymond Green leg kick. Uh, to someone's groin. We're not talking about that. We're talking about a natural jumping layup motion. It's a foul. And not only is it a foul, they doubled down on it. They reviewed it and said it was still a foul. And the crazy thing is, it was such a big part of the game because it not only did they not call foul on not only did they not call foul on John Morant, which is what it probably should have been. If there was going to be a foul on anybody, it had to be a foul on John Morant. If there's not going to be a foul, which is probably if I recall the play specifically, Probably no call was the right call, but an offensive foul for just a regular shooting motion is the most ridiculous thing you will ever see in a basketball game. And the NBA, at some point, needs to address this. And if they don't, I I don't even know. How can you be a league, how can you be as big as the NBA is and not address this and not have an official stance on this play? If I'm the Timberwolves, I am sending in all this footage. I am demanding answers. I'm saying, I'm, I mean, just do anything. Watch any time a guy shoots a layup. That's how you shoot a layup. That's just how you shoot a layup. I don't know what else to say on that, but it's frustrating. And you have, of course, you have what a change this was because it gives D'Angelo Russell his third foul, which is big because D'Angelo Russell was playing well for one of the first times in the series. I mean, that's a big thing. There's so many different aspects of this that were game-changing. Hey, if they call the foul on John Morant, that's his third foul. Wolves lose the, lose the challenge, right? And they lose their challenge. So there's so many aspects of this game, so many aspects that need to be addressed. Now, let's take away the timeout questions. Let's take about the choosing to use your challenge questions. All of this, let's, let's pretend it's not there. And instead, let's look at something else when it comes to Chris Finch, when it comes to this roster, that bothers me. Why are we playing Nas Reed? The man is absolutely terrible at basketball. Sorry, I should I should add him. He's absolutely terrible at NBA basketball, NBA-level basketball. He is not an NBA-level player. I'm sorry, but he just isn't, at least not on a playoff team. I can understand if he is one of your emergency end-of-the-bench guys, that's fine. But for him to play major minutes in a basketball game is a travesty. And there's no reason for it when you're watching the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies are a team that are choosing to play. They're choosing to play small. There's just no reason for this. There's no reason to use him. Why are we not playing T- Torian Prince more? Why are we not playing Jaden McDaniels more? Why are we not taking advantage of these, of these matchups that we can actually use in this series for a team that is going smaller. It'd be one thing if they were going big, right? If, if a team is going bigger, I understand that you need to have a, a bigger guy, an actual center back there, right? And when you're playing the Grizzlies, of course, and we've touched on this in other episodes, it's not like you can just say, all right, well, we still want to go with the center. We're going to go with Greg Monroe. You can't do that really in this series because whether it's Jaron Jackson Jr., whether it's any of the other players outside of Steven Adams, you can't really afford to use Greg Monroe because he doesn't have that speed. He doesn't have that quickness, and it would it would really get exploited. Now, granted, I will say this. When you build a big lead, if your goal is to slow things down a little bit, play more on the inside, I actually think you could go with Greg Monroe. 
that could be something that you choose to do. If you're saying, all right, we've got a 25-point lead now. We're not going to take a chance that that happens again where we blow the lead. Force them to beat you on offense, but on defense, slow the game down, throw it into Greg Monroe. Greg Monroe, by the way, who has been very efficient at making the right decisions in the post, whether it comes to taking it into score or passing the basketball out. If you're going to slow the game down, that could absolutely work. And it's something that I think the team needs to address and needs to consider. Ways to slow things down. We don't consistently do that, though. We definitely did not do that in this last game. We get flustered. We make bad choices. We make bad decisions. Now you jump ahead into this game. There's so many things that need to happen if the Wolves are going to be successful in this game. Now, an interesting stat that I saw recently... Let's take a look here. So Dave Benz actually tweeted this out. Here's your shockingly positive Timberwolves stat of the day. Over the last 25 years, teams that have blown a second-half lead of 25 or more in an NBA playoff game are 5-1 and one in the next game. So take that however you want. Even if I hadn't seen that stat, I still 100% think the Wolves are going to win this game tonight. I saw someone, uh, a, better, a better that I follow, that, point, that said one of his stone-cold locks for this game was the Grizzlies not only to win but the Grizzlies to cover to cover the three-point spread. I just don't see any way that happens. I think the Wolves absolutely win this game, and it would not shock me if the Wolves won this game in a blowout. I could easily see that happening. I'm on record. I'll say it again. The Wolves are the better basketball team. Their ceiling is higher. It just is. When this team is running on all cylinders, they can beat anybody in this league, and this t- game tonight is no different. Again, these are the keys to the game tonight. We need Carl Towns to only pick up offensive fouls. Don't pick up any cheapy defensive fouls. Crashing the glass, going over the back. Just do the basics. Box guys out that are near you. The one thing I'd probably be a little more cautious with is hard shows. So when you have a guard that gets gets screened, Carl Towns steps up. I think he needs to be a little less aggressive on that step up. Maybe we end up forcing them to have to take more threes. I don't know what the case may be, but how many times have you watched Carl Towns go up for a hard show to you know, block that defender a little bit, and then a guard hits him, you get that kind of cheapy foul call. It's the last thing that you want to see in a game like this. You can't afford to have it happen. That's what you got to do. You just got to be smarter with where you're being aggressive. Save that aggression for the offensive end. Make them double and triple team you. Take advantage of those double, triple teams. If they are going to double, triple team you, then maybe he needs to be aggressive on drives. He gets the ball maybe before they even have a chance to make a double or triple team. Maybe he's already cutting. Maybe he's already driving into the hoop. These are all the things that we need to do. We need to take advantage. We saw one thing. I touched on how some people thought about maybe we don't play Vando last game. I was under the impression that, you know, we actually do, we do need to play Vando, but the key was going to be we needed to make sure that we used him effectively. If he's getting the ball, he's not dribbling a bunch, he's passing, he's making cuts, we're using him effectively, and we did that, and we took advantage of that, and that was big, and I think that is important if we're going to have success in this basketball game. These are all the things to watch for, again, in this coming game. Of course, Chris Finch has to do a better job of rotations, has to do a better job of calling timeouts, and I do think he's going to make those adjustments, and the Wolves, again, are going to win this game tonight, and again, I'm not going to be surprised if they win in double-digit or blowout fashion. That's what I'm looking for the team to do. So we'll see. Time will tell, obviously. Game is a very late start. It's very strange to me that the game is a 9 p.m. Central time start when neither of the teams are West Coast teams. 
just doesn't make any sense to me. I, I don't think that's very fair. I'm not a fan of the NBA doing that. I think that is just a, a disadvantage for all the fans of both those teams. I don't understand why the NBA thought that was a good idea, but it is what it is. We're going to be up late tonight. Let's just hope that for some reason we don't have to watch this Wolves team blow another game and all of a sudden it's 12.30 at night, the game's over, and we're sitting here scratching our heads going, where do we go now? So you've been listening to Dash Radio's Nothing Minute channel. This is The Howl, your source for all things Timberwolves. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, let me get a howl.